Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. An historic victory over a dread disease is dramatically unfolded at the University of Michigan with the monumental reports that prove the Salk vaccine against crippling polio to be a sensational success. Decades ago, the vaccine against polio helped bring an end to an epidemic that was paralyzing tens of thousands of Americans in the United States. And the entire world heralded the discovery which assured an end to one of mankind's most dread diseases. There's no question about it. Vaccines are one of the greatest achievements in modern medicine. And we're once again hopeful that a vaccine will be developed to protect us from infection and bring an end to this current pandemic. But if and when we get a coronavirus vaccine, what's the response from the public going to be? A study published just last week in the American Journal of Public Health suggested that as many as 20% of Americans hold negative views of vaccines. That's an alarming number because, and let me be clear on this, vaccines save lives. They're an essential part of our effort to reduce disease and inequity all over the world. But it's also true that finding reliable information about vaccines can be challenging. There's a ton of misinformation about the safety of vaccines online, and there's a lot of confusion about Operation Warp Speed. That's the U.S. government's effort to accelerate the development of a coronavirus vaccine. So in today's episode, I sit down with somebody who has been studying and developing vaccines for a very long time, Dr. Peter Hotez. We're gonna answer some of your questions about vaccines, how they work, their safety, and whether or not you should get one. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Coronavirus, Fact versus Fiction. I've got a new name now, Sanjay. I'm now the OG villain, you know, the original gangster villain That's what some members of the anti-vaccine movement have started to call Dr. Peter Hotez. He is the dean of the National School of Tropical Medicine, professor of pediatrics, molecular virology, and microbiology at Baylor College of Medicine in Houston, Texas. Dr. Hotez also wrote a book called Vaccines Did Not Cause Rachel's Autism. It's a really personal account of his daughter's autism diagnosis, and it lays out the overwhelming scientific evidence that it had nothing to do with vaccines. The book was a forceful response to many in the anti-vaccine movement who falsely believe there is a connection between autism and vaccines. Anti-science movements thrive in a vacuum. If if scientists are invisible, anti-science movements thrive. Where does the anti-vaccine movement stand right now in the United States, in your opinion? Uh, unfortunately, it seems to be more empowered and has broader reach than ever before. You know, when you started seeing COVID-19 emerge and people were starting to clamor for a vaccine, I thought, wow, maybe one of the silver linings would be that it'll sort of put the anti-vaccine movement in retreat mm-hmm. or tamp it down a bit. And it did for about two weeks. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, 
they just emerged uh, re-energized and uh, empowered like like I haven't seen. And it's quite concerning. I still, in some ways, was thinking in the back of my mind, at least, the anti-vaxxers, they're definitely there, but I think of them as more of a of a fringe group, you know? It's not, I didn't think it was that widespread. Well, you know, it's certainly in terms of, if you look at, on the internet and social media, they certainly have pretty wide penetrance and 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 wide reach. You know, they revved up their game in terms of their websites and the books they were putting out. So the consequence of that is the average American parent, you know, has some doubts about vaccine because the misinformation is so pervasive. There's that vacuum where you did not have scientists or physician scientists, you know, countering it. There's a lot of effort to try to improve the messaging around vaccines, but I, I counter it's it's a message in a bottle in the Atlantic Ocean because it's just so pervasive. What happens if that continues to be the case when we actually have a vaccine? If you get a significant percentage of the country not taking it, what does that mean for the country or the world as a whole? If you have a vaccine that prevents infection, uh, you're going to need a pretty high percentage of the population to be vaccinated in order to induce sufficient herd immunity. So the problem is if that many people are vaccine hesitant or refuse the vaccine, the vaccine won't do everything you hope for. You, I mean, there's three things you want the vaccine to do. One, to reduce severity of illness. That's kind of the lowest bar. Second, you'd like it to also prevent infection. So it's stopping virus shedding from the nose and mouth. But third, you'd like it so that if enough people get it, then you get herd immunity. And, um, and right now with the way the vaccine hesitancy numbers look like we're not we're already not going to achieve that third goal. All right, Dr. Hotez, let's get to a couple listener questions. Uh, this first one comes from Sophia. I'm nervous about potential side effects of a COVID vaccine years down the road from now. If we do have vaccines that pass the clinical trials and are deemed safe, how will we know that the vaccine is also safe in the long term? Yeah, that's a, it's a really good question. And the brief answer is we don't know, right? There could be issues that come up down the line. But all I can tell you on that front is uh, we do have, first of all, an extremely detailed system in place to follow. We have four parallel tracks to monitor uh, vaccine safety, and it's robust enough to pick up any type of uh, safety signal. And number two, you know, we are doing this among 30,000 individuals. So we are, if there's any common safety problem, we should be able to figure that out just from the phase three clinical trial. So I think the only real risk, if there's an extremely uncommon side effect, then it will get picked up, but that is a potential risk. Uh, and that's true of any new vaccine that that gets introduced. All right, Dr. Hotez, this is a really important listener question coming from Catherine. Will the FDA be influenced by White House pressure to bend their usual standards? I am considering waiting six months after approvals before getting vaccinated because I do not trust that the FDA won't be pressured to relax safety and efficacy requirements. The greatest risk of your contracting COVID-19 is now. Right. And so I would say you want to get vaccinated as quickly as possible. So if you have access to the vaccine, don't wait, get it. Let me ask about Operation Warp Speed, though. 
Is there any evidence or any concern that this is progressing too rapidly? Well, it is progressing rapidly. There's no question about it. Um, And part of the reason, though, it's progressing rapidly is you are looking at multiple candidates uh, at the same time. The reason I'm not that worried is because it's clear that all of these vaccines are going to go through very careful phase three clinical trials, placebo-controlled, that are being thoughtfully done in order to collect enough data uh, to ensure that the vaccines not only work, but are, but are safe. So I do feel pretty good about that. And let's say you're one of the earlier adopters of one of the vaccines, and it turns out that it's an okay vaccine, but not the best vaccine you'll still have the option down the line of getting revaccinated and then probably without any risk at all. If anything, there'll be some boosting because of it. The FDA and this regulatory sort of system is, is pretty robust, like you say, but it's been a weird time, Peter. I mean, while they did ultimately pull the emergency use authorization for hydroxychloroquine, the same FDA did give this emergency use authorization for a medication that had no evidence to support that it would work and and some concerns that it could cause harm. Is this regulatory body too under the thumb politically from the White House? Yeah, I mean, I I understand the concern. The difference, though, with vaccines is there is a, a much more full and robust regulatory ecosystem than for drugs or even diagnostics. And it would not be easy for somebody to mess with it, even the executive branch of the federal government would have a tough time messing with it. And the scientific community is strong enough to to hold the line and prevent that from happening. So I, I actually feel pretty good uh, that that no vaccine will be released that, that hasn't been shown to work or is safe. I think we'll have a vaccine by next spring, summer. I've been um, saying Q3 2021 pretty consistently. Dr. Fauci says Q1, Q2, so I say, well, split the difference. And <laughs> so I guess that's about right, right? The middle of uh, 2021 before they become widely available. Yeah, these aren't drawn with big, bright lines for you know absolute markers. Yeah, and I think it's not helpful to promise dates because, again, it makes it sound like this is a fait accompli or makes it sound like the vaccines are too big to fail and they're going to roll out no matter what, and it's not the case. They've got to show that individuals get two doses of that vaccine and giving it enough time uh, to show that there's a difference between those vaccinated and those who got a placebo are protected against the virus and there's no untoward safety signal. So let's see how the clinical trials go. If all the stars align and everything works out well, yeah, I think by the middle of 2021, we'll have that. But I think it's important to say that so people don't feel as though these vaccines are being rammed down our throats or we're being railroaded. I don't think that's the case. I want to ask what people who are listening right now should do if they're having a conversation with a friend about vaccines and they are sensing vaccine hesitancy. How should they approach those conversations? You know, when I talk to parents over the years about vaccines, most people are not deeply dug in. Even if they're vaccine hesitant, it's because they're so inundated with misinformation that they don't know what to think and they, they just want to make good decisions for their families. It's it's a very small percentage of individuals who really believe in all the conspiracy theories and all the, all, all the craziness. Um, although it's 
growing. But most individuals you can have a discussion with and convince them to get vaccinated. And I would say that about COVID-19 vaccines. Uh, COVID-19 is an awful disease. And uh, and if you do get sick or hospitalized, so far it's looking like there's likely going to be a lot of long-term consequences, and which means that you won't be able to do all the things you want to do in life uh, if, if you have to always struggle with COVID-19. If the FDA does approve a vaccine, you would get it. You would give it and recommend it to your family. Yeah, I, I, I would. I feel confident enough in the FDA and the regulatory system we have in place, and, and I'm ready to, to get the vaccine. There is still a lot of work that needs to be done before we get a coronavirus vaccine. And there's still a lot of concern about political influence on the FDA. On Sunday, President Trump announced that the FDA was issuing an emergency use authorization for convalescent plasma to treat COVID-19. Some experts worry that there still isn't enough data now to show that the treatment is in fact effective. Dr. Hotez is also concerned about the potential of White House pressure. But he stressed something to me that I think is important. Dr. Hotez says that vaccines are subject to a different, very rigorous review process. Remember, unlike a medicine, vaccines are given to healthy people. Therefore, the bar is higher for when they can be authorized or approved. And it's precisely because of all the extra data collection and analysis that people like Dr. Hotez feel assured that if a vaccine does get approved, it will be safe and it will be effective. Misinformation about vaccination affects more than just the spread of coronavirus. It affects the well-being of children and adults all over the world. Resistance to vaccines has led to measles outbreaks again here in the United States. That's a disease that was considered eliminated back in 2000. We have the knowledge and we have the medicine to be able to prevent these illnesses. So it's critical that we keep ourselves and our children up to date on their vaccines. At the end of the day, the benefit of vaccines is not a matter of opinion. It is a matter of fact. If you have questions, please record them as a voice memo and email them to asksanjay at cnn.com. We might even include them on the next podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.